How willing are you to make lifestyle changes to improve your life with your illness or pain? How willing are you to make room for your thoughts and feelings and sensations? This week, we're talking about willingness as we move forward in our lives in the final episode of Chronically Living. I'm Kelsey Harris, chronic illness warrior and psychotherapist. On Chronically Living and How to Make the Most of It, we're providing tangible ways to improve the well-being of Spoonies. So get ready to make the most out of your life, even with that pesky chronic illness. Welcome back. So no, you didn't miss here earlier. I did say final episode, which I'm going to touch base on a bit more at the end of the show today, but it is a decision I thought long and hard about before deciding that at this time it is the best one right now. Today though, I want to touch on a few things. So first, a newer analogy for what it's like to have a chronic illness that I've I heard recently. And second, the idea of willingness and how we can use that to continue to improve our lives and motivate us in the future. So let's start with the analogy. Someone linked an article to a, a Facebook group that I'm in and I find it more accurate of an analogy than spoon theory, which is great. And if you love spoon theory, it's nothing against it. Uh, And the article actually also references spoon theory. The thing about spoon theory is though, it's really only about energy levels, right? And this analogy, which is being a knight in armor, talks more about other symptoms other than just energy. So let's break down what they said. First, the writer suggests that armor is heavy and cumbersome, which makes us slower and less uh, with less agility and dexterity. Okay, makes sense. Armor is high maintenance, meaning that we need constant monitoring, medication, and therapy. We know this. Armor makes noise, meaning that sometimes it's hard for us to hide our symptoms or our limitations, which can be annoying to both others and ourselves. A knight never goes anywhere without his armor. It's pretty self-explanatory, but yes, we take our illnesses everywhere and we have them all the time. Armor is incredibly uncomfortable, right? Which is our means our bodies hurt or are uncomfortable or have a variety of other symptoms that may not even be pain, but still aren't fun. The visor on the helmet impairs the knight's vision. So this isn't referring to actual vision problems, though you may have those as well. But this is more about the feelings of stress and overwhelm that accompany a chronic illness and make it even harder for us to engage in life and focus on things other than our illness. It's hard for a knight to be heard through his helmet, which means that doctors don't listen, right? We've talked about medical gaslighting on the show before. And sometimes our families and friends also don't listen or understand. All people see is the armor. This means that people can forget that we're an actual person underneath our illness. But it also means that we can forget that too. And I see that very often on online where people really over-identify with having an illness and forget that they are a person underneath. A knight needs help taking off his armor, right? We need support and understanding, a solid support system who is there for us. 
being a knight is not always a choice. We didn't ask to have a chronic illness. This is the hand we were dealt. So it really wasn't a choice. If a knight falls or is pushed over, it's difficult for him to get up again. And this is really referring to flare-up of symptoms. Okay, so sometimes we are have less symptoms, sometimes we have more. You all know what the flares are. I don't know why I'm trying to explain to you. <laughs> okay. Next, a, a knight endures pain. While some of us, you know, may be on disability and some of us still work and you know, all of us have to find a way to cope with pain on a daily basis, if, especially if pain is part of your illness. Knights have a code of honor. We are one big community who should be compassionate towards each other. And I think most of the time we really are. And I think we just need to remember that going forward as well. A knight's life is solitary. Chronic illnesses can be really isolating. A knight never surrenders. So I'm going to quote the article for this last one here. Those with chronic illness and disabilities are among the strongest people you will ever met, you will have ever met. Because like a knight fighting to uphold honor and justice, there is no battle more noble than to keep fighting when all you want to do is give up. So back to me. Like I said, this is a much more accurate analogy for having a chronic illness than I think just spoon theory because it kind of takes that and then expands on it a lot. And of course, you know, I like using the term warriors, so a knight in armor is kind of fitting. That being said, over-identification with your illness or an analogy or theory really isn't that helpful most of the time. So, you know, maybe go back to the episode on creative hopelessness if it doesn't seem like over-identification is helping you in the long run. The second topic today is willingness. So what is willingness? Well, it means two things. First, the ability to make room for difficult thoughts, feelings, and sensations. And second, it's a quality of action. That means we will do something without coercion, like we'll be willing to do it. If you haven't listened to the episode on acceptance, I highly recommend it because that is what the first meaning of willingness is really about, right? Yes, it sucks to have pain or any other symptoms, and it sucks to feel sad or anxious and have thoughts about all this, but these are all normal parts of our human experience. And usually struggling against them doesn't make life better in the long run. So drop the struggle and make room for it to be a part, but not all of your experience, and you'll likely you'll see some improvement. I know this to be true from both personal experience and professional experience. The second meaning ties into the episode on committed action or values-based living or doing what matters, however you'd like to refer to it as. It's actually making those lifestyle changes you've heard other warriors, healthcare professionals, and myself talk about on the show for the past two seasons. No one can make you do any of these changes. If you are willing to though, you may see some improvement. And remember, it does take like a solid 10 weeks to notice changes. So it's, it's I find it so interesting because people, when doctors tell you to take medications, they will tell you, no, it takes like six weeks for this medication to sit, to kick in or whatever it is, or 10 weeks or eight weeks or, and everybody's so patient and we'll just wait that full amount of time. And then when it comes to lifestyle changes, like, okay, this will take 10 weeks to kick in. People are like, oh, I don't want to wait that long. I want it to be immediate. 
right? So normal, but also we're, we're so much more willing, willing, right? With medications than, than lifestyle sometimes. So we really need to reevaluate that if that's coming up for you. So anyways, I, <laughs> I digress. I suggest waiting at least, you know, the 10 weeks before deciding whether that lifestyle change actually made improvement and you want to continue on with it or not. When you're looking at lifestyle behavior through a willingness lens, think about what you want to start doing, not what you want to stop doing, okay? So what you're going to do now. So if the thought is to stop doing something, determine what you will stop doing instead of that thing. So like, I'm going to use drinking, not that it necessarily applies to any of you, or maybe it does, but let's say you wanted to stop drinking. Okay, well, what are you going to do when you want to have a drink? Like, what are you going to do instead? So what, like, are you going to drink something else? Are you going to go for a run? Like, what are you going to do? So it's the same thing when we're thinking about lifestyle changes. If you're like, oh, I, I want to stop laying on the couch and watching Netflix. Okay, well, what are you going to start doing then instead? Does that mean you're going to, you know, get up and go for that walk because it might be good for your pain? Does it mean that you're going to go spend time with family member or friend? Like, what, what does that mean? What are you going to do? When you've determined what you want to start doing, I want you to make a list of the payoffs of engaging in this new workable behavior. So payoffs like benefits, basically. So think about any immediate payoffs. So the instant rewards of living one's values, because remember, any new lifestyle change we're making, we should probably try to link to some something that's important to us, a quality of action. So for a lot of you, that might just be health, right? Very simple. Um, but make sure that you, so anyways, <laughs> I digress again. <laughs> think about the immediate payoffs. And then I also want you to think about potential payoffs, which are likely rewards of achieving your goals. So immediate is living your values. Potential is achieving your goals. So if your goal is to walk around the block, but right now you can't even get to the end of your driveway, right? So then the first goal might be to walk to the end of your driveway and the second goal will be walk, walk half a block and so forth. So that's kind of, and the value will be health. So that's the difference. And when you're doing this, you can ask yourself the following questions. What would you, uh, what would doing this seem more like being the person you want to be? So how is this going to help you be that person? Does this seem like moving in the direction you want to go? What values would be you be living with every tiny step you take? What would you be standing for? What would this say about you? Would this be living life your way? If you successfully achieve this, what are the benefits likely to be? And after all of that, it's also important to explore any costs of this new lifestyle change, right? So things that may not be good results. And the truth is there's usually some kind of cost to everything. So your list of benefits might be bigger and costs might be smaller, but there's always something. So when you're looking at the cost, I want you to ask yourself these questions. What difficult thoughts, feelings, or memories are likely to arise? What are you risking? What might you lose, miss out on, or need to give up? And this could be things like energy, right? Like there's lots of different things this could be. Now just pause for a moment and think about this question in regards to these changes. 
Are you willing to make room for all of this difficult stuff in order to go ahead with these lifestyle changes? If your answer is no, then just respect that is where you are at right now. No one's forcing you to make lifestyle changes. If the answer is yes, you are willing to make room for any of the costs, then you are ready to do the thing. I don't know if anybody watches Legend of Korra ever watched it, but Julie, do the thing. I also always recommend getting a therapist or any applicable members of your healthcare team involved with this because you'll need support. And it's much easier for you to achieve your goals and live your values if you have some some kind of team supporting you. I had a client tell me that I'm a member of her, of her team. And I was like, yeah, 100%. Like, I'm here to support you and help you achieve the things you want to achieve. Just know that things can improve. Your life can improve even though you have a chronic illness. Just think about all of the warriors who have been on the show. Katie, Nikki, Adele, Marissa, Ryan, Renee, Sarah Ennie, Ashley, Tylea, Trishel, Madeline, Jenna, Sonika, Danielle, Sarah Luby, Mandy, Amber, Edie, Darren, Amy, M, Jessica, Patty, Terry, Clarissa, and myself, who are all living fulfilling lives, even with their illnesses and pain. It is totally possible. There is hope if you are open and willing to do the work involved. Now let's talk about the show. I'm going to be very transparent about the few different reasons I'm choosing not to continue. So first, the show really isn't growing. And I I definitely do this as a passion project. The idea wasn't really to make money or anything like that. And I know there are about 20 of you avid, solid weekly listeners, and I appreciate you so much. And some of the episodes get a ton of extra downloads and many don't. And I've tried a few different ways to kind of revamp the show and advertise and you know, ultimately I was hoping to reach as many people as possible to provide, you know, that hope and different tools and skills and all kinds of things and different ideas on how to improve our lives. Uh, Without a lot of listeners, it's just really not happening. So it kind of makes it difficult to, you know, attract guests even and um, make sure that like I, like, it's hard to keep the content really good when it's not reaching a lot of people and if you already think the content's great and you're saying, Kelsey, that's just silly, like, I totally hear you. Um, <laughs> uh, but I, I was hoping to see a bit more growth and, and reach a lot more people. Um, the second reason is that I noticed that I'm just kind of busier in general. So I have my private counseling therapy practice, right? And that requires a lot of time and energy, especially because they're new. So I have to spend a lot of time just kind of advertising and trying to get clients for those. Um, I am continuing to take additional trainings as well. So I'm taking a trauma-focused acceptance and commitment therapy course so I can help more people. I'm also in a new city that I moved to last fall and I want to spend a bit more time trying to make some friends um, and be a part of the community. I have my brother here. I do have a couple friends here, but I would like a few more. And lastly, I actually have a few more newer health symptoms which I'm going to classify in like the mild category, but I kind of feel like they still need to be monitored. And I'm just in the process of setting up 
my health, my own healthcare team here. Um, so I just got a, a GP or I know in the States, you guys call it a PCP. Um, so and hopefully that will help me get a new rheumatologist. And I've also, I have a chiropractor because I work at some multidisciplinary health clinics. Um, and one of them, the chiropractors are very kind and will just adjust me for free, to be honest, um, which is amazing and very unexpected. Um, but I'm also trying to set up some appointments like to have a naturopath, right? I, I would like to have acupuncture again and physiotherapy. I noticed like things like, like my joints clicking a lot and I really would like someone to help me with some of that and massages because I do get a lot of tension in my back and neck and uh, which is a combination of, you know, my illness and just general stress. So, um, and I also have active benefits again, so I can actually use all these people, which is great. I'm also still keeping up with all of my, you know, regular lifestyle activities that I have found helpful. So things like exercise, meditation, yoga, my gluten-free pesca vegan diet, right? These are all different types of things that we've talked about on the show. And these are things that really do work for me. And I'm very willing to try new ones that I learn about as, as I do learn about them. While I absolutely do love making this podcast, I would rather come back hopefully with like a co-host and do something similar, but maybe a little different in the future when I feel like I can commit more of myself to it again. Um, and, you know, really, again, provide really great content and try to reach maybe some more people than I currently am. In the meantime, if you like horror movies, my friend Pete and I are starting a new podcast on them. And if that makes you wonder why I would do that instead of this, that is a very valid question. So right now I noticed that um, I just need to prioritize different values. Uh, so this podcast helps me live the value of knowledge and uh, education, compassion, uh, care, right? For my community, contribution. So it allows me to live a lot of really great values, but I actually get to live those values in my private practice as well, right? Like they're the same ones that I use elsewhere. And I notice that some of the values that I'm lacking are like friendships, um, creativity. So for me, like doing this other podcast with him allows me to hang out with my friend and we get to talk about movies, which I absolutely love. It's one of my favorite social activities is just talking about movies. And, you know, two is I get to do something creative because we're also working on a horror novel together. So uh, that podcast isn't out yet, but it's called, it's going to be called Fifty Shades of Gore. So stay tuned for that if you're interested. I'm also going to continue to update my blog, which is also called Chronically Living. And I'll post that link in the show notes. Do I do a video post on Sundays and then a written post on Wednesdays. And I find this so interesting. Like ironically, the blog has become really, really popular in a time where blogs are typically a lot less popular. So I get like way, like way, 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 way more hits on my blog than I get listens for the podcast. <laughs> and it's weird because right now podcasts are supposed to be more popular. And also the, the content is kind of similar, but the blog I would say is maybe a little more focused on like psychoeducation about mental health and chronic illness. Though, I mean, I sometimes still share like the physical health things that I'm learning or that I've tried and stuff like that. But yeah, it's uh, anyways, it's, so if you like this content, you can always check out the blog. I also have my meditation channel which really has a lot of non-meditative 
mindfulness practices and exercises that are really helpful for chronic pain and chronic illness. And I put a new video for those every Saturday. What did you notice about your thoughts and feelings as you listened to the Knight in Armor analogy, as you listened to the psychoeducation about willingness, and as you listened to my wrap-up of the show? What are you noticing now about those thoughts and feelings? I love you, warriors, and I really wish all the best for you. Feel free to reach out to me on Instagram. It's at chronically.living underscore. My handle is in the show notes as well, so I don't expect you to memorize it, but, you know... Reach out to me on there, uh, follow the blog if, if you're interested in reading some content instead of listening to it. And as always, take care and keep making the most of it. Special thanks to Marty for the original music and Charity Williams for the original artwork.